ask that your word penetrate the hearts and minds of your people. Lord, stand me behind the cross and let your spirit do its divine work. Let those that have ears, let them hear. And let your word not come back void. Thank you, Jesus. In your holy name. Amen. Amen. Real quick, before I begin, let me get one more house cleaning thing done. On the fourth Sunday, we at the six o'clock service, we will have another foot washing, and your name will be on the list, and you will show up. Amen. <laughs> Today, I want to talk to you about the body of Christ. We've been talking about when Christ builds the church. Uh -huh. The church that Jesus is building. The church that accompanies the people of God. And today, what is God doing with the body of Christ? He says in three places we're going to run to right quick. Then we're going to get to the meat of the matter. In 1 Corinthians chapter 12, he tells us these things in verse 27. He says, now you are the body of Christ and members individually. In Romans 12 and 15, he says, since we all belong to each other, we should desire the welfare of each other. And not only is he telling us to desire the welfare of each other, he puts some emphasis on it when he tells us that we should be not only worried about our brothers, but we need to make sure that we understand that in the body of Christ is deeper than what you know normally would do. Then in Romans chapter 12, I love this. <coughs> he says in verse 4, you know, this is after you done had your mind renewed. And by renewing your mind, he's giving you instructions on what the renewal should look like. He says, for we all have many members in one body. But all members do not have the same function. That's where the church starts to have problems right there. Y'all hold on, I'll be back. So we, being many, are one body in Christ and individual members of one another. Yes. So, as God uses different things to describe what he wants us to function as. I need somebody to explain something to me. Another one of the myths that run around in the church and in the world today. How can a Jesus be pronouncing that he's going to build his church, but yet you become believers and don't have to be at his church? How can I be the Lord of your life and have placed something for you to go do, but you don't want to do it, evidently 
many I'm not your Lord? How many of that you people run around saying this? And you ain't got to raise your hand. And if you get convicted, I'm sorry. How many of us say, I love Jesus, but I don't need his church? I don't understand how you can make the same statement. Because evidently you never learned and understood what the church is all about. Because the church is deeper than what you think it is. The first thing, the reason why you can make statements like you do, is because the church is first spiritually. Then the church becomes natural. Then it becomes a place to house the flesh. Yeah, yeah. Now what makes us so terrible about American Christians, if you've never been anywhere in the world, Christianity, when we look at Romans and Corinthians and Philippians and Ephesians, these places used to be Christian nations. Now they're called Iraq, Iran, and those countries, and those countries have churches in it, but in those countries, if you went to those churches, they gonna persecute you because you ain't supposed to go to those churches. They used to be a Christian nation. Now, they're dominated by paganism and what God is saying, you take for granted, I got people over there dying to come to church. See, let me give you a little history. People say, well, I don't need to go to church because I am the church. Amen. That's the church God that put in you. But the reason why we have church buildings is because for 750 years in Rome, you couldn't go to church. We met in houses because if we didn't, they'd kill us. And so today you hear people say, well, I'd rather meet my house. Well, you don't understand. You don't have to meet your house because God gave you a place to go. Amen. But see, well, how did we come to a house, to a building? Well, let me give you a little history. The Roman government was the most powerful government in the world. And it took the little old church to change it. God, in his infamous wisdom, saves Constantine's mother, who ends up saving her son, and through her son, she tells him that she needs a place to worship. So she went and threw all of the people out of their pagan temples, and she put us in the church. She said, now you don't have to worship in the house. You can now come out in public and worship the God we serve. But now I notice that we don't have a reversal in history now. Instead of running to God's house and worship, we running back to our house and say we don't need to worship. See, when we understand what the body of Christ is designed for, it's not 
just a body the way we think it's a body. It is designed to do what God has created a body to do. It's not a literal body. It is a metaphorically speaking. Notice that Jesus always used to describe things in parables. The kingdom of heaven was light. But watch this. When Jesus used a comparison, Jesus is using a natural thing that has a spiritual implication, which takes it deeper than the surface that you see it in. All right, all right. Okay. But we love to be surface Christians. So we think everything here was literal instead of understanding it's metaphorically speaking. So when he's saying the body of Christ, he's using something that we can relate to. But see, let's even put it in today's time. The reason why we don't... We don't respect the body. It's because today we can dispose of things that would take the body to be what it's supposed to be. But let me show you Jesus in the spiritual aspect of the body of Christ. He says if your eyes hurt, pluck it out. Now he don't mean that you got to literally pluck it out. But if it's bothering you or not, then you need to do something about it. And spiritually, if you get your spirit right, the eyes that making you lost will start to change. And you can start to see a little bit better on what you need to see. Now we looking for a knife to pluck it out. Get your heart right. And then you'll see what you need to see. And the same thing is dealing with the church. Amen. The church is the only place you're going to practice the second command. You're going to naturally love your brothers and sisters in your house. I don't care how demonic they act, you love them. Because they from your DNA, so you cool. But let me, Jesus said, let me see you love folk that you don't even know. Let me see you worship with people that you don't have, that don't have the same last name as you. Let me see you worship with people that come from different backgrounds, different social and economical values. Let me see you worship with them when they come together. And let me see you praise doing them the same thing that you doing. And you're holding hands and you care about folk that you normally wouldn't even care for. How many of you know folk that when you see them, you don't want to know? Come on. But all of a sudden, when they come down here and get saved, you have to start knowing them. All of a sudden, when they become a brother and sister in Christ, you got to start loving them. It don't matter what she looked like. It don't matter what kind of clothes she got on. It don't matter what type of street they come from. It don't matter what kind of prison they come out of. If they confess Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, they done joined the body of Christ. And if there's something wrong with them, we still got to reach out and love them like we love ourselves. Problem today, we want to pick and choose. God is not a buffet guy. He sends stuff in your life to make you love what you don't want to love. 
He then stops at you to make you deal with what you don't want to deal with. Because he's trying to grow you into what the body should be. He said, quit being like a babe tossed to and fro, still on milk. Instead, I need you to grow in the knowledge of what I need you to be. And what you don't like, I'm going to send it in your life. I'm going to send it in the church. And I'm going to send it to you. And you're going to have to learn to love it. He said in Ephesians, all right. God has put all things under his feet all things. and has made him the head of all things. All right. And this is the word I can't figure out how you miss it. Let me read it again. All right. I'm talking scripture. Come on now. God has put all things under his feet and has made him the head over all things. For the church Say it again. The church which is his body is the fulfillment and the fullness of him who is filled all in all. Yes. Ephesians 21, 22, and 23. What God is saying, I didn't put this thing under my feet. Yeah. But through my son, uh -huh. I have built something called the church okay. that is part of the body, my heavenly body. Yeah. Now, don't think of it as a building. You need to think of it as this is connected to Jesus as his body. And you need to understand, metaphorically speaking, that the church is his body, but he is the head. Now, how many bodies can function without the head leading it and telling it what to do? But we have got this thing backwards. The body is trying to tell the head what to do. And Jesus is looking down saying, I'm the head, you the body, you call the church, and the church is under my foot. And it is through me that the church. See, somehow, Jesus lost his lordship in the church. Somehow the church has got democratic. And we got a vote on everything. Somehow, the church government that got deformed enough that no longer is the head in charge of the church. Now it's up to boards and executive boards and people that don't even want to know Jesus to run the church. And see, like Pastor Dr. Pearson always said, the Christophany, the Christology, and the Christocentric part of the church should be that Jesus is the head of the church and the church is centered around Jesus. That means Christocentric that all things that's in Christ and Christ is supposed to rule the church. He said, I'm the Lord of the church. I'm the head of the church. And the church is supposed to do what I done called the church to do. 
But we haven't got away from all of this. Because we look at these four walls and think the church is in these four walls. But I keep telling you, the church is not in the four walls. The church is in you. And when you start acting like the church as the body of Christ, then we will have an effect outside the four walls. Don't just praise me in here. You praise me out there. Don't just worship me in here. You worship me out there. Don't just pray in here. You pray out there. Don't just sing in here. You sing out there. Just a church is in you. That's why we have a hard time worshiping on Sundays. Because we don't practice it Monday through Friday. Because we ain't preaching like we ain't praying. Because we keep acting. We go through the Satan motions on the street. And then we want to come in here and praise the Lord. But God says if you're the body of Christ. And you are my children. And my people. You're going to worship me all day. See the church, Christ loves the church. That's why he used the church in marriage and everything. Because he died on the cross for the church. And he said, when I died, I brought something to you. I brought the church to you. See, everybody don't have the church in them. Yeah. Because the church can't be in if they not under him. See, we got a whole bunch of folk that talk you out of the church because they ain't in the church. Right. And the reason why they ain't in the church is because they ain't got him. And since they ain't got him, they gonna tell you you don't need to go to church because all you need to do is just hang out in the street because you just can have God anywhere. But if you got Jesus, who's the Lord of your life, in the church that's in, he done placed in you. The day you came down and I accept you as my Lord and Savior and the Holy Spirit indwelled you. He indwelled you with the church and the church that Christ loved. It's the reason why he loved you because you are part of the church that he wants you to bring. He said, I love the church. Yes. That's why he loves you. Because he sees you as his church. Individually, collectively, and totally. We are the body of Christ. Each one of us is a body. And each one of us fits in the puzzle. But when we understand that if he's Lord, I fit in where he built me to fit in. I don't fit in where I want to fit in. See, the reason why we malfunction, deform, and not act in the way we need to act is because we got parts in the body that's not doing what it's supposed to do. So when we got things, our kidney ain't functioning right, our jaw ain't functioning right, our legs ain't functioning right because we got folk in the wrong place and ain't supposed to be where they need to be. But if we let Jesus through the Holy Spirit tell the church that's in you, I need you to be a hospital. I need you to be on hospitality. I need you to be over here counting the money. 
What's wrong with 2008, 19? The reason why churches ain't packed is because they have bought into, I love Jesus, but I ain't got to deal with the church. See, Satan believes in isolation. He knows if I can isolate you, then I'm going to get you. Oh, you going to yell, I love Jesus, but go to Miss Fall. Oh, no, 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 no. God don't require me to do this. Well, then I got a question. If God don't require you to fellowship with his people, how can you yell you got the church in you when you're supposed to be part of a body and doing God's holy will? And using his gifts that he gave you to edify his church. God uses the word church all throughout the epistles. But today that's a curse word. Because we don't want to deal with what the church, what it's all about. The whole thing about love, according to Corinthians, love is not supposed to hold things against people. Love is supposed to be pure. Lord is, love is supposed to be forgiven. Love, love is not supposed to lord over people. Love is supposed to be able to understand that they got faults and I need to forgive them and we need to worship together and we need to get back together. Love is not hate. Love is drawing. Love is not pushing away. Just because you don't done something to me don't mean I still can't love you. Let me learn how to forgive you. Let me learn how to love you. Let Jesus be Jesus. How to love somebody. Not only do I want to love my wife and my kids, but can I love my brothers and sisters that's in the body of Christ, even though they don't look like me. They don't act like me. They don't sound like me. But can I love them? Y'all remember the day, and I'm glad we sort of leaving it, but we still hold on to it. You remember the day, well, you Methodist, you Lutheran, you Baptist, you Church of God Christ, and we couldn't even talk to each other. Because you base it on who we used to hang out with. Thank God, gee, the Holy Spirit doesn't try to break that. Because the body of Christ is not just your denomination. It's about the body that believes in Jesus Christ. And it don't matter what your name is. Lutheran, Methodist, Baptist, Church of God in Christ. Is Jesus the Lord of your life? And you are His church. nourishes the church. All right. He loves the church. And God had to put in me the love for his church. It's a shame that we don't love what Jesus loves. He says, for no one ever hated his own flesh, but nourishes and cherishes it. Just as the Lord does the church. That's Ephesians 5, 29. You treat you the way you feel about you. In other words, it says love thy neighbor as you love yourself. We got a big problem. 
And we don't even understand the problem. We can't love our neighbor because we don't love ourselves. We treat ourselves so badly that we can't love nobody else. That's why we treat other people badly. Because we don't love ourselves, so we got to treat them good. Because if you're willing to get rid of you and not cherish and nurture you, then you can't do that to somebody else. See, when you don't care about yourself, how in the world can you care about somebody else? See, when you don't want to, when you don't care about you, then you can't help but do nothing for nobody else. I work at Gateway, and the most first thing I see in these kids, from middle school to high school, I tell them every day, you are somebody. I gotta teach them to love themselves because they're so destructive. And the reason why they're destructive is because they don't love themselves and then they're gonna destroy everything that's around them. And they'll be more than happy to tell you. I don't love me. And when you don't love me, you go, you're not gonna care about nothing. And when you don't care about nothing, you are willing to get rid of everything. That's why they're willing to beat their they mama. That's why they're willing to beat up their dad. That's why they have no respect for authority. Because they know deep down inside they don't love themselves. And God is saying, as a church, that I don't put inside of you. The thing I'm going to teach you to do is how to love you. And when you start to love you, then you can start to love others. And how do I learn to love me? Because Jesus loved me first. And it is the love of Jesus that I start to learn how to love others. And as long as I'm learning from Jesus, I can learn to love the world. I can't do this by myself. I need the word of God in my life. I can't do this by myself. I need the Holy Spirit in my life. I can't do this by myself. I need the Holy Spirit in my life. Of all of our sins. We have learned 
to walk in the freedom of what he done called us to be. That's why Jesus said that the gates of hell shall not prevail because they can't put his church under captivity when we walk in God's power, when we walk in resurrected power, when we walk in what the church is supposed to be. No condemnation will be granted unto you. God says that I love you so much that you are my church, that you are free and free indeed to live the way I want you to love. Can you become the body that God wants us to be? We are worthy their way, worthy about His way. He says, "If I'm the Lord of your life, then you need to start bowing down and let me have my way." If I love you with everything you represent for me, I loved you when you was unlovable. I loved you when you didn't even know who I was. Can you take this love? And give it to somebody else. As the body of Christ needs to learn. How can I love Jesus and not be a part of his church? And the answer is, I love Jesus and I love his church because I love me. And I want to love somebody the way I want to be loved. And through Jesus, I have enough love to share it with this world and do the work that my Father has sent me to do because I am the body of Christ. Amen.